Welcome to the Renew Life Church podcast. No matter what situation we find ourselves facing, we know that God wants to speak clearly to us. So wherever you're listening from today, we want to thank you for being here. Grab a cup of coffee and join us as we tune in to our Sunday conversation. Well, good morning. Welcome to Church Online. Uh, I hope you've already been with us through our, our worship, our announcements. Uh, I, get a, I get a little bit of a uh, extra that you don't get. I get to hear the worship ahead of time, so I can, I can tell you in advance it was incredible. Uh, I didn't get a chance to be live in the studio when they recorded this last set, but uh, I was the time before, and uh, it, is, it has been something that has uh, helped us, helped me, helped our staff, uh, and we're soon coming to help you, getting to be back in those corporate atmospheres of worship. And, uh, and that was a bit of a teaser because you should already know this. If you follow us, follow us on social media, you've probably even gotten an email by now to let you know we are coming back to the Cole Theater. Praise Jesus. It's coming June 7th. Uh, we are, I, I don't want to go into all of the details as far, as far as how we're coming back. I encourage you to go back, watch the email or read, watch the video that's in the email, watch us on social media or watch the video on social media that kind of gives you just a heads up of what we're doing. Come back to one service only, start with one service, a 10 a.m. service on June the 7th. Uh, and there's all thing, all kinds of things we're doing to make sure that, uh, you're safe, you're taken care of, you're looked after and uh, that we come back the right way. And, uh, and we also want to make sure that if you, uh, are in a situation where it's still not wise for you to come back, you're not ready to come back. That's okay. We totally get it. This is unprecedented time, uh, an un- unprecedented time, unprecedented season for us as a church. And so uh, a lot of us are confused as to what to do, what's the right thing to do. And we want you to know we don't want any confusion. We don't want any shame. You do what you feel is right. Uh, we're going to make sure you have an online experience as well. Uh, in fact, the services that we do, we're going to have live worship. Obviously, our children's ministry and such, we're actually going to all watch the same, uh, exact same pre-recorded message uh, on, on Sunday mornings, uh, at least for right now, to make sure everyone's getting the same experience, everyone's hearing the same message. And so uh, definitely something we didn't see coming, most of you probably didn't see coming, uh, but this is where we're at. And I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not shaken by this. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to sound spiritually arrogant or out of touch with what's going on in the world, but I... I just believe God's doing something. I just believe that this, this, uh, this pandemic, all the things that we're going through, they will and are marking a shift in the, in the seasons, uh, church seasons, church history seasons, uh, for how God's going to do things, how God's going to do things in the church, what the church is supposed to look like. And so I, I hope you're not discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Uh, I know it's easy sometimes to get caught up in what's going on, but I just, I, I, I just tell you right now, encourage yourself in the Lord. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Spending time in prayer, spending time in worship. Do not be discouraged. God's doing a work in this season and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it so far. I'm enjoying the challenge of um, trying to hear, Lord, what are, you, what are you saying? What are you doing? Talking with other people, trying new things, even this right here as we're doing this and uh, doing church online. Uh, what, what is a burden or has come across as a burden in some ways to us or maybe even you saying, oh, I wish I could see this online. Well, there are actually people getting to watch this that would have never seen it before. People in other cities, people in other, uh, other, other regions that we're actually finding out right now that as they're hearing that we're coming back to live services, they're saying, okay, when you guys go back to live, please don't stop doing what you're doing. We now have found something that we, we need in these, in these online church services. And so it's just been incredible to see how God's shifting perspective 
perspective, uh, shifting our paradigms and think, thinking bigger, thinking larger, and, and really just, again, focus, focusing on, Lord, what are you saying in this season? What are you wanting to do in this season? What are you wanting to perfect in me in this season? What are you highlighting in me in this season? And so, uh, again, we're excited for the corporate worship, but I, I, I've just been in, super intrigued by what God's done uh, in this entire season. So anyway, we're coming back. We're coming back live worship. There's nothing like uh, being in corporate worship together. And so I'm definitely looking forward to that. So anyway, uh, let's jump right in. We're not going to take too long today. If you got your Bibles, turn to Revelations chapter 11. I want to talk to you today about something I've talked about before, but it's something that came up on my heart again, even stronger uh, several weeks ago. I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God. And a few weeks ago, uh, during our, uh, our teaching on prayer, I read from Revelations chapter 11, and this was something that just went off. It went off in my spirit, and I want to read that again. In Revelations chapter 11 and verse 15, it says, Then the seventh angel sounded, and there, was, and there were loud voices in the heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. Now, pay close attention to what's capitalized, the plurals, the, the, the sentence structure here is actually really important. Uh, the kingdoms, lowercase k, the kingdoms, plural, of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Um, when, again, when we read this the last time, we were talking through the context of prayer and how in, in, in the Lord's prayer, he says to pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as, in hev- as it is in heaven. And so we, we read it through that filter, but I want to read this through a slightly different filter today. I want to read this through the filter of Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33 is probably one of my life verses. I'm, I'm one of those guys that uh, if there's anything I want to talk about, I want to talk about purpose. I want to talk about the call of God on your life. I want to talk about you seeing not, not just God save you, but God use you. I'm fully convinced that you'll never be as happy. You'll never be as full of peace. You'll never be as full of joy. You'll never be as fulfilled as you're supposed to do, s- supposed to be if all God is for you is a savior. Uh, a saving you from hell, saving you from 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 from, from your sins which is a great start, but I believe with all of my heart, I know with all of my heart that part of your joy, part of your fulfillment in life is not just being saved from something, but it's acknowledging and recognizing what you've been saved into and joining with Holy Spirit, joining in what Jesus already started years ago when he did his part in advancing his kingdom, recovering what was lost and advancing his kingdom on this earth. Go back to the Garden of Eden and look what God told Adam and Eve. He told them, okay, I I started with a garden, but your, your assignment is to fill the earth. So even back in the Garden of Eden, the assignment on even in a perfect, sinless environment, the assignment on humanity was to advance the kingdom of God, to expand the borders of his control, to expand the borders of his goodness, to expand the borders of his favor. And so we have a responsibility. We have an assignment on our life to say, okay, Lord, thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me right with you. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm in right standing with God. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. It's almost like he double double clicks on the righteousness part because the Bible says in another area that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. But now that you've been made right with God, you've been called to come close to God and join in this mission, join in this assignment to expand his kingdom, to recover everything on this earth that was lost. Just like we said in the Lord's Prayer, to bring heaven, bring heaven to earth in every single, every single sphere. 
Um, many years ago, I'm, I'm going to read my notes to make sure I don't get the date right. Yeah, 1975. 1975, uh, there was a couple of gentlemen, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Bill Bright, Lauren Cunningham. They, it, and I want to read this because I don't know if you've ever heard about the seven mountain prophecy or the, the seven mountain mandate. Um, I, I, let me just read this. It says, in 1975, Bill Bright, founder of Campus Crusade and Lauren Cunningham, founder of Youth with a Mission, YWAM, you may have heard of that, developed a God-given, world-changing strategy. Now, when they say develop, this, this thing was actually born out of, a, out of prophecies that both men were given individually. They came together, began to share notes, and all of a sudden they realized God was speaking to them about what he wanted to do on the earth. Let me just stop right here and say, I'm, a, I'm fully aware of the fact that this is not a scripture. I'm fully aware of the fact that the seven mountain principle, seven mountain mandate, whatever you want to call it, it's been, uh, there are other people that have come alongside this thing and added to, I know Lance Wallnow, others have done that. Let me just say this. I'm fully aware of the fact that this is not scripture. But I'm also fully aware of the fact that when Jesus came, he himself said, I didn't come just to fulfill the law. I also came to fulfill the prophets. Jesus himself worked alongside part of Jesus Wrap your head around this. Part of Jesus' assignment was to fulfill what earthly men prophets had spoken. Earthly men prophets had heard from God and declared the word of the Lord on this earth. And Jesus came to fulfill not just the law, not just what was given to Moses, but also the prophets as well. And I just believe today that we're, we'll never fulfill all that God has for us. We'll never actually get in, in step with everything that's happening on this, on this planet unless we embrace equally, not just what the word of God says, but embrace the fact that God is speaking to prophets and prophets are declaring the word of the Lord. They're giving the direction of the Lord. I believe that this seven mountain mandate, this, 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 this thing we're reading right here, I believe this was God inspired. This was not man-made. This is God inspired says they concluded that in order to truly transform any nation with the gospel of Jesus Christ, these seven facets of society must be reached. Religion, uh, you could say church, one one, uh, version of this says church, so religion or church, family, education, government, media, arts and entertainment, and business. The reason I bring that up and the reason I think that this is important today because as I want to talk just for the next few minutes about the kingdom of God, our role in the kingdom of God, and advancing the kingdom. When you go back and read of Revelations chapter 11, it says that the kingdoms, plural, of this world have now become the kingdoms of our Lord. I, I actually believe this. I believe that these, these seven things, these seven mountains, they represent seven kingdoms. And they also, what that also means is they represent seven areas where God is strategically placing people like you and me to influence. And I know some people get concerned about having this, this takeover theology where Christians have this theology or believers have this theology where we're just going to take over the world. No, we're not going to take over the world. We're advancing the kingdom of God in every area of this world. This is not about advancing our kingdom. This is not about advancing my mission. This is about advancing his mission. And if you read in Revelations, that seventh trumpet, that last trumpet sounded by the seventh angel, the reason, it's the, the reason it, it um, signifies the fullness, completion, it's because all of the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our God. I encourage you 
uh, if you've never done any study on these seven mountains, look into this. Religion, family, education, government, media, arts, entertainment, business. I actually believe this. I actually believe every single one of us have a specific role in one of these mountains. We have a specific role, I'll say it another way, we have a a specific role inside one of these kingdoms to transform the kingdoms, these kingdoms, into his kingdoms, where the kingdom of family becomes his kingdom, family done his way, where, where business isn't just done the earth's way or the world's way, where business and commerce is actually done God's way. And I think it's important that we embrace this idea that we are called to advance his way of doing things in every one of these areas. I was praying about this. Uh, of course, we're pre-recording this. And so I was praying about this this morning, uh, early this morning, as I was just talking to the Lord about, uh, I just felt there were several things that he was wanting, to, wanting me to share. And I couldn't wrap my head around the exact, uh, exactly where to hit it. And all of a sudden he spoke to me and he, and he gave me, and I don't, I, I'm not even wired this way to have catchy little uh, points that all start with a T, but he gave me four T's. Uh, and they were the four f- phases of life. Uh, the best way I can say it is these are the four phases of life of a kingdom advancer. These are four phases of life that those who have said yes to the assignment of advancing the kingdom in the kingdoms of this world, advancing the kingdom of God in the kingdom of business, advancing the kingdom of God in the, in the, in the kingdom of, of commerce or business or religion, whatever that specific role you have is, we will go through different stages of our life inside that advancing. As we're advancing the kingdom, let me say it another way, you're, prob- you're probably advancing the kingdom more than you know. You're probably right in the middle of God preparing you to advance the kingdom, training you, equipping you, getting you ready, sustaining you to advance the kingdom. And I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but I want to talk to you today just for just a second uh, around the life of David where the Lord showed me four things, four T's, uh, four phases of life that he went through in him advancing God's cause or advancing God's kingdom. Number one is training. Number two is testing. Number three is triumph. And number four is testimony. Training, testing, triumph, and testimony. I want to start with the training portion because sometimes you can feel like the last thing on the earth that you're doing is advancing the kingdom because what it seems like it is that you're going through. But I propose to you today that there are seasons in life as a kingdom advancer where it's almost like you're not advancing the kingdom, but you're preparing to advance the kingdom. And you'll never advance the kingdom unless you prepare to advance the kingdom. Look at the life of David. We know this story well. I'm glad the Lord showed me this one because it's something that we all know super well. But there was a time in David's life when he was younger where he wasn't looked at as someone who could change the world. He wasn't looked at someone who had leadership potential. He wasn't looked at as a, as a future warrior, as a future champion, as a future king. No, he was despised by his own family, and he was sent out into the field to watch sheep. But it was in that moment where David could have said, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe my family doesn't believe in me. I cannot believe I'm having to do this. He could have been feeling sorry for himself and saying, I, I, don't, even have a, I don't even have a significant role in this family. But instead, in that season where let me say it this way. The season of one man's rejection was also a season of God's preparation. This the season where his family was rejecting him, the Lord was using the rejection of his family to prepare him for what God had for him. So he sent, he's out in the field, and we know this later, and while watching the sheep, a lion comes, and he has to kill a lion to protect the sheep. A bear comes along, 
and he has to kill a bear to protect the sheep. I just try to wrap my head around this. There's a lot of people that say, or theologians, I should say, say that David, when he went out to watch the sheep, he was somewhere between the age of 10 and 12. And I'm trying to wrap my head around the idea of sending my 10 or 12-year-old out in a pasture by themselves where I know that there are bears and I know that there are lions. I, don't, I can't wrap my head around this. But in that moment, or in that season of life, David met some challenges. David was in training. And we know exactly what David was in training for. David was in training for his test. That's the second T. He was in training for a test. And all of a sudden, uh, he finds himself at this battlefield. He's supposed to be delivering food for his brothers. And all of a sudden, the test that he had been training for is right in front of his face. And it's interesting that something inside David realized that in this moment, wait a minute, I bet that's why that bear showed up. I bet that's why that lion showed up. Because now I've got confidence. Even though Goliath was bigger than the lion, he was bigger than the bear. David realized, okay, I can use the same skills that I've been trained in for this bigger challenge, for this bigger test. I propose to you right now, if you're dealing with more than you've ever dealt with before, I challenge you to go back and I guarantee you'll be able to identify smaller versions of this same test. Let's say you've lost your job and you had not had work for two months you've, with what's going on in the economy or whatever. You've lost, you've lost some work or you've lost some income. I challenge you, go back to a season in life where maybe you didn't have a job for two weeks. God delivered you. God sustained you for two weeks. Maybe this bigger, bigger test, or let me say it a different way. To encourage yourself, just realize this big test, you've probably been trained for already. This challenge that you're facing, you've probably been trained for already. David shows up and he goes, okay, I've killed the lion. I've killed the bear. And this Philistine will be no different. These are seasons that we go through as kingdom advancers. There's time where God's training us. He's getting us ready for a moment. And then when that moment arrives, we have to pull on the training. We have to pull on the things we've learned. And then we have to step up to the plate. The world is waiting the world is waiting for us to show them what peace in the middle of a storm looks like. The world is waiting for Christians to step up in courage. They're watching. If you lost your job, if you've lost your job in all of this, and again, I'm not, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there in the last year where income, I do some work in the oil and gas industry. I, I know what it's like to lose large sums of money and lose large sums of, I know what that's like. I mean, that's, I've been in that exact same boat in the last 12 months myself. And I'll, and I'll tell you what I've learned somebody's watching. Somebody needs to know, is there peace in you? Because the the Bible says this, that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. Here's how you could advance the kingdom right now. Advance peace. Go into the quiet place. Go into the secret place. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. Get yourself into a place of peace because this test that you're facing isn't just your test. It's your opportunity to advance the kingdom of peace for someone who has, doesn't know the prince of peace like you do. They don't, have, they don't even have access to supernatural peace like the Bible says, a peace that surpasses all understanding, but you do. And this moment, this time in history is where the world is looking saying, are these Christians any different? 
or when, 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 when the economy begins to collapse, when COVID-19 breaks out and there's no, there's no cure for this thing yet, there's no, uh, there, there's no medicine that's, that's helping. When, when all these things are happening, do they have something I don't? Do they have peace when I don't? Are they still in fear? Are they in fear just like I'm in fear? Are they in worry? Are they in ang- anxious? Again, I'm not trying to belittle what you're going through. I'm telling you that this is what you've been trained for to step up in this moment. David stepped up in that moment and he faced the test. Third, the third T, triumph. And you could say, man, this is, a, this is an interesting thing. I, I, let me just say this. I actually think that this is actually where most believers, most Christians, most Jesus followers fail the most. It's, it's interesting. We seem to really trust and pursue God in seasons of training because training's painful. We seem to pursue and trust God and are after God in seasons of testing because the testing can be faint, painful. The testing can be scary, if you will. I think the area when we begin to disconnect from God is in this season of triumph when we've just killed Goliath and all of a sudden we're on top of the world. We're not in the middle of a training. We're not in the middle of a test. We're walking down the street, and this is exactly what happened to David. They start singing songs. All of a sudden, he's the subject of a song, and this, this cracks me up. It says the uh, women and children start singing these songs. Saul has killed his thousands. David is ten thousands. When I was reading that today, today I was just reminded. Were they at the battlefield? He killed one. He has literally killed, he has killed one person in his life. And they make up this huge story. David has killed his ten thousands. Now, in this season of triumph, David's on top of the world. People are singing these songs that aren't even true about David. And this is where I would encourage you, don't drink, your own, don't drink the Kool-Aid. When you're in this season and you're on top of the world, you're going to be challenged with taking credit for something you shouldn't be taking credit for. What if David would have said, yeah, you know, I, I didn't tell y'all. I know y'all only saw me. Your song's right. It's a great song. Because there's a lot of things y'all hadn't seen in my life. God. I've been just killing folks left and right. <laughs> he, could, he could have taken credit. He could have been taking credit for this, for, for this song. I, I just encourage you, when you find yourself in a season of triumph, that is a time to point people in the right direction and say, you know, I didn't kill 10,000. I killed one, and I would have killed zero if it weren't for him. Staying connected, staying humble in those moments of triumph. It's a big part. It's a big part of advancing the kingdom. Not take it. Let me say it another way. You can't advance your kingdom and his kingdom at the same time. Just remember that when the favor of God on your life begins to elevate you, when the favor of God on your life begins to advance, advance you, make sure you re- remind yourself what you're advancing. You're not advancing you. You're advancing him. Second thing you got to be careful of in this season of triumph is jealousy. Uh, Saul didn't like that song either. Saul didn't like, Saul was the king, and all of a sudden people are singing, Saul's killed his thousands, David's killed his ten thousands. Next thing you know, Saul goes into this season of just hatred and jealousy towards David. Ends up kicking him out of his his own court and sending him off to the battlefield, tries to get him killed, starts trying to kill him himself. He goes into this whole season of jealousy, and I don't have time to read it all, but go back and read. It says, and David dealt wisely. In this season, David didn't get in an emotional uh, uh, in, in emotional chaos because somebody didn't like his success. He handled the triumph well. He stayed humble. He, he continued to point people in the right direction when, when, when he was a bit of a celebrity. 
He didn't, he didn't get, get moved by the jealousy. And I would say the last thing that you'll notice about this season, and this is where David began to fall some. In seasons of triumph, beware of apathy. In seasons when you're winning, in seasons when things are going good, it's real easy to just say, I'm just going to chill out for a while. Things are going good. No need in going to church as much. No need in spending as much time in prayer. I mean, the Lord answered my prayer. One of the ways that, one of the things to ask yourself, and this will help you identify your own maturity level, is when do you spend the most time in worship and when do you spend the most time in prayer? Another one, when do you spend the most time in church? Is it when you need something or when you're thankful? Because I'm going to tell you that's a big key, that's a big sign of maturity. Immature people, and, and, and again, you should always pray no matter what the circumstance. You should always worship, go to church, all those good things. But let me just say this. You'll know you're growing up when you don't just pray when you need something. You pray when he delivered what you needed and now you're thankful. Are you still praying? Were you praying before the need? If you, are pray, if you were praying before the need, then you need to be praying after the need. Apathy. David found himself apathetic. Found himself as the king. He, he, he only became the king because he went to war. But then when he became the king, when it was time to go to war, you've heard us talk about this before, he didn't go to war. At a time when kings went off to war, David was chilling on his rooftop. We know how the story goes. Ends up with Bathsheba, ends up murdering Uriah, ends up forfeiting part of the call of God on his life. Why? Because he got apathetic in the season of triumph. It was time to continue to advance the kingdom and do what kings do, but in a season of triumph, he got apathetic. I encourage you, don't get apathetic. talking 900 miles an hour because my timer's already over but fourth T and I'll close here testimony so we've got training we've got testing we've got triumph last one testimony can I just say this I almost felt like the analogy was falling apart I was like Lord I don't see in scripture David succeeding in the area of testimony and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said that's my exact that's exactly my point I want you to talk about that David started off incredible David was great when he was 10 to 12 years old, out in the field killing the lion, the bear. David was great throughout his life. Even after he failed and had the moment with Bathsheba and had the moment where he murdered Uriah and, and, and did a lot of, had some, had, some, had some rough patches, had some great patches, but even all throughout his life, he, he, he was pretty much winning most of the time. But if you go back and, and, and study the life of David, there was one area where David seemed to just struggle his whole life and that was in the area of parenting. David spent his whole life fighting against or dealing with bad children. <laughs> it's almost like Solomon was really the only one of David's children. That, and it was almost like by the grace of God, God delivered Solomon. And, and Solomon didn't have so much dysfunction, even though later in his life, Solomon did. But when I, when I talk about this area of testimony, here's what I'm talking about. When you've gone through the training that got you ready for the test, you pass the test, and it puts you in a season of triumph, you now have a responsibility to share your testimony. You have a responsibility to look behind you and say, who else is dealing, who, who else seems like there's, there are nothing, there are nobody, nothing's going on in their life? No, no, you're just in training. Oh, your family's rejecting you? Yeah, they rejected me too, but I'm so, so glad they did because they sent me out in the field and it got me ready for Goliath. When they sent me out in the field, next thing you know, I killed the lion, I killed the bear. That got me exactly where I needed to be. I felt really strong that this is a, there was a word for some single moms out there, some moms that 
you have kids, you're raising kids on your own. And I just felt really strong that this was a word for you. And please hear my heart in this because I, there's somebody listening right now. You have a call to advance the kingdom in the area of single moms. You have a call on your life. You've been, you've been through some tough stuff or maybe you're going through some tough stuff. You're in training. You've faced some challenges. You've faced some tests. And they've caused you to be promoted. They've caused you to see good things. You've won in some areas. I don't, again, I'm not real sure what stage you're in, but I know there's single moms listening. I need you to hear me. If you're in some training or you're in a test, don't get discouraged. Don't allow unforgiveness for why you're single in the first place or what your spouse or ex-husband did. You have no time to get depressed, to get discouraged, to stay in unforgiveness. You've been in a testing I'm sorry, you've been in some training, you've been in some testing, it's time for you to triumph so that you can go back later and share your testimony with other single moms who are going to need to know that somebody just like them felt like they were nothing, felt like they were deserted, felt like they had nothing, but somebody by the help of God who said, I'm going to advance the kingdom in the area of family, even though it's not the way God intended family for moms to be raising little boys and little girls on their own, but he can redeem family, if you say, I'm going to advance the kingdom in the area of family by showing single moms that they can do it. David failed in this. David, for some reason, it seems as though he did not take all the things that he went through and impart it into the next generation. We have an assignment on our life. Part of our purpose is to go through the training, be courageous in the testing, be humble in the triumph, and then share the testimony with the generation that's behind us. Sons and daughters becoming mothers and fathers that raise sons and daughters. That's the kingdom. Some of you right now, you don't feel like you're advancing the kingdom at all. It's because you're in training. And the training's getting you ready for a testing. And the testing's gonna lead to some triumph. When the triumph comes and some celebrity shows up and some jealousy shows up and some apathy tries to creep in, stay strong, Stay humble, stay wise, make it to the testimony phase of your journey so that you can continue this cycle and you can begin to, there are people that don't need to start where you started. They need to start two steps ahead. And the way they're going to start two steps ahead is you take this testimony part of your assignment seriously. Get through your training, get through your testing, handle the triumph seasons well, and then pass along everything that you've learned. I believe with all of my heart, that's what we're called to do as the body of Christ. That's how we advance the kingdom. That's actually probably how you're advancing the kingdom right now and you didn't know it. This, Matthew 6, says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. I feel like the Holy Spirit said this and I'll close with this. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. It doesn't say seek only, interesting. It says, seek first. But if you'll do that, all the other things that you have need of, they'll be added unto you. And I think what you'll learn, if you'll make a decision to put the kingdom first, there will come a point in your life when all you, the kingdom of God is your only. Because you sought the kingdom first. He added everything you, everything you could have ever wanted. He added that to your life. And something will finally click on the inside of you and say, this is all I want. All I want is that the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. 
Thanks for tuning in today. You can stay connected with Renew Life Church by following us on Facebook or Instagram or by visiting our website at www.renewlifechurch.com. We love you and hope you feel encouraged from this message today.